This week on American Grindstone, we're going to talk with Talon Sai. Talon was living a comfortable life working in the tech industry when he decided to leave his job and pursue his passion of adventure tech and building his own YouTube channel. Today, we're going to talk with Talon about the principles that took him across that harrowing journey and how we can apply those things to our lives even today. Now, we recorded this episode long before we had built a podcast studio on location while filming the premiere for the new Talon Sai Blackline coming November 24th, 2023 to Trayback's.com and our YouTube channel. You can check it all out there. Brand new Talon Sai product and a brand new premiere video that's a lot of fun to watch. So now we're going to go on location and spend some time getting to know about the adventures of Talon Sai. The grindstone. My sunny boy kept his nose to the grindstone. Never give up, never surrender. For the last six years, Talon Sai has been the darling of YouTube's overland adventure culture, sharing his passion for adventures, van life, and all things automotive. Talon's passion has led him to build over a half a million followers on YouTube. But YouTube stardom wasn't what Talon set out to do. When he started, he had two degrees and a respectable day job. When he could have come home and checked out at the end of the day, Talon started creating on the side. Today, we're going to dig in and find out how this IT guy from Pennsylvania hustled after the grind and changed his life by chasing his passion. Hey, Talon, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I, I dig the intro for sure. Now, we are at an undisclosed location, top secret Trayvax facility out here in uh, the Pacific Northwest. That's all we can say. Mm -hmm. uh, go for it and doing some research and development while we're out here. Really, we, I came out here from Colorado to film uh, kind of like a challenge series because I'm teaming up with Trayvax to, of course, release a new black line. So a bunch of new products, uh, some familiar, some, uh, some kind of new, but uh, yeah, we're just gonna be releasing that hopefully in the next maybe like month. So we got a lot of R&D done while we're here. Giddy up. We put the we put all your products through the through the ringer, huh? Yeah, we have uh I guess I can give it away. We had flamethrowers, we had uh stuff being run over by hammers, giant jeep. Uh it was it was a blast. It was fun. Now, uh we picked you up at the airport in a fire truck <laughs> with hammer on the back of it. Yeah. Tell us your original thought when you saw of all of the Priuses sitting in the parking lot there, what happened to you when you saw this thing pull in? Yeah, I, I figured you guys were going to do something like that because I kind of knew about off-road stuff that we were going to be doing this weekend. And I had texted you when I landed. I was like, hey, man, I'm outside. Uh, I'll look for you. And then I put my phone in my pocket, and I didn't see your next text, which said, big fire truck. <laughs> so I'm just standing there like with my camera out. I'm like recording, and I see... Well, I only saw the front of the fire truck at first and then you came under the bridge and then I saw a hammer on the back and I was like, oh, they're definitely picking me up in that. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So then I saw the Trayvax logo. I mean, I was like checking everything out on the truck. It was super rad. It made it sitting right outside here. Um, and then I didn't even realize you had wrapped the Jeep in my signature camo, which is one of the coolest things. <laughs> it's really cool. That's amazing. We made uh, the owner of Trayvax pay extra for that treatment right there. So yeah, it's very expensive. <laughs> now, uh, you started out in West Philadelphia, born and raised, right? Yeah, on the playground. That's where I spend most of my days. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about where you grew up. Uh, I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania, north of Philadelphia, about an hour and a half, kind of in a pretty rural area, similar to this, like very small town. Um, and then. Yeah, just 
went to college because that was a thing to do after high school. I got two degrees, so I worked in the IT field for a while. Um, and then I just started YouTube for fun, and it got to a point where I realized I could make money doing it and turn it into a full-time thing. So uh, a little over five years ago now is when I quit that job and been doing this ever since. Giddy up, man. Yeah. Now, Talon isn't your real name. Is it? It might be. Wow. It might not be. It's uh, Everyone thinks it's a stage name, uh-huh. but yeah, Talon is my actual name. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Your parents must have known that you had a career in YouTube stardom coming. I don't, I don't know. I was actually named after the car, the, the <laughs> Eagle Talon. And uh, I think it was, well, it must have been in 92. I was born in 92. Uh-huh. And uh, it's kind of similar to like a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yes. But it used to be the Eagle Talon. And they're actually really cool cars. Like, I like them. But I tried finding one, uh, like, same year I was born and everything. So I was like, yeah, I was named after this thing. <laughs> but they're just so hard to find in good condition right now. That's true. Yeah. It's cool, though. It's a cool car. Rest- restoring one going to be a future episode? Uh, I'd like to, yeah. If I could find one, I don't. I don't have the space right now. I need garage space. I need more time in my schedule. So I'm definitely not doing a project like that anytime soon. But I think in the future, it'd be cool to have something like that. Absolutely. I'm getting to like the more YouTube part of your story. Okay. But I want to kind of get into like what built you into you because you were going one direction with your life, mm-hmm. and the idea is, and I went. I, I just kind of started this little side thing. Yeah. I went a completely different direction. Yeah. And I want to like, I want to get there with our audience because I think like everybody kind of sees the persona you. Yeah. But like there was a you that was clocking in and clocking out every day. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, man, I guess like what made me kind of like have the personality that I have, like everyone, a lot of people think they'll meet me in person and they're like, Oh, you're exactly how you are on video. And I'm like, yeah, like I I don't, I don't put on a character or anything like that. So, um, I guess early on, like in my childhood, I had some, like, I had a, not a very rough childhood, but I had a lot of like traumatic things happen, which made me uh, like forced me to become very independent. Mm. So, um, between like parents getting divorced and uh, a lot of other stuff, which I don't really need to get into, but it made me kind of like fend for myself. So, um, and when that happens early on too, I mean, I was probably like started at like 10 years old until I was probably like 16. Wow. Um, it, it really changed my personality as a whole, but I mean, for the better, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know how my life would be without all of that bad stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it made me be very independent and self-reliant and, that's kind of what I took with me through college, through my IT career. Um, and without all of that bad stuff happening, I don't know if I would have the same personality and the same willpower to do things on my own. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. So your life is forged in fire is what it was. A little bit. I mean, if you look at it, the grand scheme of things, I mean, childhood was great. But um, I went through some stuff that I hope no one has to go through mm-hmm. with uh, family members passing way too soon. Um Typical divorce and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. yeah. How do you think, uh, this is just an off a topic question, but how do you think suffering shapes, like what would be some adjectives you would use to describe how suffering shaped you mm-hmm. as a person? Uh, it may, uh, it made me very introverted <laughs> early yeah. on. Cause I was like, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to go to therapy or anything like that. So, 
Um, a lot of people think I'm extroverted because I'm talking in front of a camera, talking to a microphone all the time, but I really enjoy time by myself. Yeah. So I had that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I guess just, just being independent because of that. So, so it created an independence. It created, um, uh, created that introverted kind of like a reflectiveness. Yeah, maybe reflectiveness. Um, I, I just, I'm very content doing things completely on my own mm -hmm. because of all that stuff. So, um, and I think that's a good trait that, um, it, it can be a good thing for sure. Like I've turned it into a good thing, but at the same time it can be a bad thing. If you're working in a corporate environment and it's like a team effort, but you are stuck on doing everything yourself, that's where you kind of can have a downfall with it too. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. What did 20, what did 20 year old talent think he was going to be doing with his life? What did your life look like to you back then? Oh man, 20, I was still in college. I was getting closer to graduating. I had no idea. I thought I was gonna, I mean, I, I af after five years, um, when I graduated, I kind of lived the life that I thought I was going to. So I was an IT consultant. I would travel around to different cities all the time. So like every like six to nine months, I would have to pick my life up and move. And that's kind of what created my desire to travel. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was already traveling quite a bit before then, but I, yeah, I guess a 20 year old me thought I was going to do exactly what I did do for those five years. And then YouTube was just something thrown into the mix and I had no idea I was going to be doing what I do now. So. Yeah. So tell me about that. Do you remember the first YouTube video you saw? Um, yeah. I mean, I remember like old, old YouTube videos, like all the stuff that went viral that everyone has seen probably a million times. Um, that was when like the internet wasn't even that great yet. Yeah. It was like dial up and things like that. And then, um, I don't know when I started watching YouTube, but that's what drew me into getting into it. Um, I was watching a lot of people just sharing their lives, like vlogging and, um, I would watch some, like, of course everyone watches how to videos and, um, people, how to build things and whatever. So it's like an information platform. Yes. And yeah, I, I was just consuming a lot of YouTube and that's what actually led me to start making my own videos. Huh. Yeah. When you started, well, this is just a nerd question, but like, what was your first rig? What did you, how did you record? What was that all set up like? Oh man, I still have it actually. My very first camera. So I was, uh, I was still working in IT. I started my YouTube channel, not even thinking I could make money doing it, but uh, I was living in Richmond, Virginia. And then I knew I was going to be moving to Boston, Massachusetts. And this is when I have been watching a ton of YouTube for a long time. And I was like, I can do this. Like my life's kind of interesting. Um, so I bought a Canon G7X, a little point and shoot with a screen that flipped up over the top <laughs> Yeah, and I bought a MacBook and that was all I used. So I, I might've had like a little Joby gorilla pod, like to set the camera up uh -huh. on and I just started vlogging and I, I'd never done it before really. So I, I was always a kid who would like carry a camera around and film stuff, but I never did anything with it Yeah. until like high school. I would make uh, some videos about skiing and instruments that I play, things like that. I would do covers. Um, but yeah, so when I, I had a little bit of background like using GoPros and things like that, but it wasn't until I decided to actually put effort into YouTube that I bought that camera and computer. Wow. When you started, you were doing a lot of um, 
just vlogging and sharing about your adventures. Oh, yeah. How, you really honed the focus. How did you do that, and what did you decide on? Yeah, so when I started, I, I was just numbering my, like, vlogs, just regular episodes of me traveling around, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. And then I realized that the successful YouTube channels had a very niche thing that they did. They uh, were an outdoor survival channel, or it was a car channel, or an art channel, whatever it may be. Um, and I didn't like that. I have so many hobbies and I didn't want to be pigeonholed into one specific mm -hmm. thing. So that's when I like, I don't, I don't want to say change the structure of my videos, but I, I just started titling the videos or calling like a series stuff and things mm -hmm. doing a lot of stuff, talking about a lot of things. Like just, I, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into, Oh, this is that guy that just talks about cameras mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and then over the years as the channel kind of progressed and I found things that, my audience that was growing found more interesting. I kind of leaned into those a little bit because I mean, I'm, I'm not posting anything that's not a hobby of mine. Um, so I would kind of push that stuff because it was working really well, but it wouldn't stop me from doing the other things on mm -hmm. the side. Still to this day, I post videos that I think are interesting and I would watch, or I, I want to tell people about a product or some kind of give them entertainment or information. I know they're not going to do well. Yeah. But I still want to do that, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, I, I could I could completely change my YouTube channel and only make videos that I know for sure people want to watch, but it's not uh, genuine to me. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not here. I'm not really not doing this just to make money, and I, I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that I, – I want to go back to, like, I'm working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And you come home, you got to be tired at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. What is the – what is in you that drives you to go, you know, I want to do something productive. I think it was because I was living alone a lot of the time. So yeah. I, I would move to new cities and I didn't have a ton of friends, at least right away. I would meet people occasionally, but, um, yeah, I was living in a strange place where I didn't know anyone and I would go home and I would be like watching YouTube or just whatever, doing whatever I'm into. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily, I, I mean, I started my YouTube channel pretty soon after college. I think my first video was in, uh, it was like February 6th, 2016 or something like mm -hmm. that. And so I graduated in December of 14. So it was just like a little bit of time there where I had to make friends, but then I had to move so often that I was like, I need a hobby that I can do by myself. And that's kind of where YouTube really helped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, you know, it's it's interesting when I look like look at your Instagram the other day. You know, going through your Instagram and your product videos, they seem to kind of fall in a certain. You know, your product posts seem to fall in a certain range of likes or engagement. Yeah. Your um your how to videos seem to fall in a certain a different category, mm -hmm. and then it's like pictures of you or your girlfriend. They like go through the roof. Yeah. So I think that's just like a human instinct thing. Like uh -huh. I, I rarely post photos of myself, but anytime like I post a selfie with me and my girlfriend, Ashley, it, it always does well. I think it's just because like people see that and they're like, Oh, I know who that is. Whatever. Click like, um, yeah, it's interesting though that, that you, you notice that too, because I think it's across, like, it's not just me. I think it's a, a lot oh, of hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever I post pictures of me doing cool stuff, they get a great engagement. But when I post a picture of my kids, goes through better. Yeah. Right. And like most of, most of what I post is vehicle related. So it's like my truck, my van, my car, 
uh, we're out camping in a cool spot or whatever. And that stuff is cool, but yeah, I think people really gravitate towards just like the human element of things, mm -hmm. which is cool. I, I dig that. Like, I hope that people want to watch my videos and like engage with my content for me, not because of the actual thing at hand. Unfortunately, like I do a lot of gear reviews and people uh, who really gravitate towards those videos most of the time don't care about me. They're yeah. like, just tell me about this wallet and like stop stop putting your other life stuff into this video. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm it, it's uh I don't know, it's like a double-edged sword, but yeah. Um yeah, if if people tuned into my channel regardless of what I was doing just because they liked me, I mean, that's the best thing that I could ever hope for. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you um how do you handle harsh criticisms and comments? Uh dude, it was uh that was something weird to get used to. I'm so numb to it now. I think most uh, creators that like once they grow, they'll just become numb to it. Um, I do like early on, I would block a lot of people. So there, there's a feature on YouTube where you can just hide a user's comments. And like there would be a few people who were just reoccurringly like bashing me, whatever, like the way I look, what I was saying, like just, just uh, ignorant stuff. And you can block those. And then to them, it looks like they're commenting, but I never see it. So I do that a lot because I just, I mean, there's no point in me just leaving that on there. And yeah. Like, like reading all the time. I read all my comments still to this day. Yeah. Um, you don't have a team of people that do that? No, I do everything. Wow. Tell me about the merch team that you hired. Yeah, myself. <laughs> yeah. So you sell shirts, you sell hoodies, you yeah. sell all sorts, autograph face pictures of your face. <laughs> yeah. You fulfill all those orders yourself. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I had a team of people. So I, I've done it differently from like the beginning of my channel all the way up to now. But um, originally I would just like, I was like, all right, I'm going to make hats. So I would buy like 50 hats um, and then hopefully get them sold to recoup that money to then make more. Mm -hmm. um, and I did, did that all myself. And then it got to a point where my channel got really big and I was getting a ton of orders. So I was like, man, I need to outsource this. So like it went through so many different iterations. Um, I was working with a company up here actually in the Pacific Northwest for a while. And long story short, it didn't work out and it was costing me a lot of money. So I was like, you guys should ship my inventory to my house. Like I'm, I'm done with this relationship. And like four giant pallets taller than me showed up to the house. <laughs> you didn't know what you're asking for. No. And like <laughs> I had been to their facility and I had seen how much stuff was there. I mean, it was a warehouse, like a whole row of a warehouse. And they're like, yeah, you're from this rack down to this rack. And I was like, oh my gosh, holy, it's cow. a lot. So like I, I made a push there to sell a lot of that stuff before they send it to me, but I still have a ton. Um, so yeah, I took on all my inventory. I... Uh, it had to inventory everything myself. I set up my own website, which luckily I'm good with computers because yeah. of being in IT. And yeah, now I do all the order fulfillment, shipping. Uh, sometimes I like handwrite notes to people and things like that. And luckily, like I don't promote it. So like if anyone is watching this, if you order a shirt for me right now, I have to go home and pack it. So <laughs> that, that's why I don't like talk about it in my own videos. Yeah. But yeah, it's... I still enjoy it. It's cool. Yeah. What about your film crew and your editing team? That's me. I do everything. I mean, I, I didn't, you guys haven't even really seen me like film a video yet as far as like vlog style goes, but, um, yeah, I do everything start to finish. I'm all self-taught. I, I don't have any background in video editing. That or, wasn't one of your two degrees at Penn state. No, I, my two degrees were information sciences and technology. 
and then I had a minor in security risk analysis. So like good, great degrees. I mean, in today's world, I can always fall back on those if I needed to, but yeah, not trained in video editing, photography, videography, or anything like that. Um, I run the camera, I do all my emails, do all my phone calls. Um, I do literally everything start mm. to finish and, and a lot of stuff like people will see what I do and they're like, Oh, your life's so cool. Like you just travel and just have fun. Um, and they don't see like 85, 90% of everything else that I'm doing. So, yeah. and I'm not complaining at all. I mean, it, I'm, I'm just saying it's a lot of work. I work more now working for myself than I ever worked at my IT job. Huh. I yeah. bet. Yeah. And, and it's, that's one of those things where it's like, I'm working for myself sink or swim. I have to do it. But working at the IT job after a while, like I felt like just another number, they didn't really care about what I was doing. So if I work nine to five and checkouts at five, I'm done. Like, don't call me. I'm not doing any work after yeah. that. So uh, that's unfortunately just how the world is now. Yeah. What is, uh, speaking of that, when you think about companies and the companies that you work with, mm. you know, I'm sure you get a lot of requests for people to work with you. Oh yeah. How does, how do you choose, uh, which companies you want to be with, work with and, and which ones you don't, I mean, Travax, great company. It's mm -hmm. gone through uh, an interesting evolution over the last several years, but it's not as relatively big as probably some of the companies that reach out to you. What makes you stick around or what makes you choose those companies? Yeah. I, I, I think early on in the channel, just like anyone who's starting out, like if you're reviewing products and stuff like that, I was taking any product that someone would, would like ship to me. So I think one of the first things I did was like a GoPro case. I, I did a video talking about a GoPro and this company's like, Hey, we want to send you this for review. Um, and at the time I didn't care. I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Like send me this product. And I made a whole video for him, whatever. Probably didn't get a ton of views cause my channel was small, but now a lot of companies, uh, still have that same mentality, even talking to bigger creators now. Like I would consider someone a pretty big creator when you're over like a hundred thousand, hundred thousand is a good following. Yeah. Anything after that, like it generally will grow exponentially and you have, you have a big voice. So I don't know what it is, but I, I get 30 plus emails, probably more than that a day of, um, and nothing wrong with this, but Chinese companies mm. they are like, Hey, we love your channel. We'd love to collaborate. A lot of spam email. Yeah. It seems spammy, but I think it's kind of a language barrier thing okay. at the same time. A lot of Amazon sellers are like, Hey, we are an Amazon seller and we make this coffee pot. And I'm like, dude, I don't even drink coffee. Like, <laughs> like I understand you're reaching out to try to get someone like me to make videos on your stuff, but um, so actually that's a good segue into how I pick the people. Um, when I do get a genuine email, it's very easy to see. Uh, there's a human element to it. Um, they'll generally mention something that like they would only know if they have been watching my content that mm -hmm. I create. So that's a good start right there. Um, a, a lot of times those fall through the, the cracks too, though, because I'm doing everything myself. Like I have, I haven't answered an email since probably like two days ago right now. Yeah. So like when I get on a flight later, I'm going to kind of go through everything, but sometimes they slip through the cracks. Um, a lot of times it's luck. Like if a company catches me at the right time, if I'm sitting in front of my computer right now and I just have my emails open and they email me, I'll email them back in a second mm -hmm. if it's something that I'm interested in. Um, and then it comes out of the product too. Uh, granted if we're coming at this from a product perspective, if it's something that I already use and, f and am familiar with best case scenario, like if, um, say Apple reach out to me. They're like, Hey, we saw your video on your iPad. 
I'm like, oh, I'd love another iPad. <laughs> like, let's <Yes>. work together. <laughs> um, extreme case there, but that that's the best case scenario. Um, secondly, um, they would it would be kind of a cold call. They have the human element in an email, and I would I would have to like look at their web page, look at the email. I I get so many companies that hit me up. They're like, hey, we have this product. We love uh, to get a review from you. Are you interested in working together? There's no photo of what the product even is. There's like sometimes not even a URL to whatever they're selling. And I'm like, guys, what are you doing here? Yeah. So if I don't know the product, I need to see like a good website and just, it has to be something that I'm legit interested in. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like I, I have a public post office box that I'll occasionally send to people who email me that stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not interested in like working together, but if you really want me to test out this product and you think it's good, you can ship it to my PO box. And then I do videos where I just open a ton of random stuff altogether. That's phenomenal. Yeah. How do you, how do you stay fresh with content creation? Oh dude, it's hard. It's hard right now with my traveling. I was just thinking about that this morning. Like I'm typically doing two to three videos a week mm -hmm. and the past two weeks I've only been able to do one video a week because I'm traveling. Um, and a lot of stuff is time sensitive. Like if I film, if I filmed a video here with you guys, we would have to kind of put our timelines together to post them at the same time. Yeah. So, um, I guess staying creative is kind of hard for me when I'm traveling so much, unless I'm traveling by vehicle. Mm. When I'm out camping or like traveling around the country in a van, I'll just straight up vlog, show people what I'm doing that day. And that to me is like genuine content that I enjoy making. Mm -hmm. It's really just me kind of showing like how I'm using my vehicles or maybe I like just throw a random review or we go to a national park and look at some point of interest. Um, so the possibilities are pretty much endless when I'm traveling by my own vehicle. Yeah. But I've been flying a lot lately, which I don't love, but you got to do it sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully companies take care of you when you fly. Yeah. So Talon, we have a culture of viewers predominantly not doers. This is a podcast for the doers. Yeah. It's also to help people because a lot of people might be sitting around thinking, I just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. um, what would be a piece of advice that you would give somebody that is just, just needs to get pushed over the edge a little bit in order to become a doer? Man, it's so hard because that's like, I think the doer mentality is something that I gained from that like early on struggle that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um so if you're just kind of brought up in a way where you're not a doer, I don't know if I have any good advice to change that. Because it sounds so cliche and simple. Like when I went off to do my own thing, I had the own willpower to say, all right, if I'm going to, well, actually when I started my YouTube channel, I was like, I'm spending, I spent like $4,000, which is a lot of money to me at the time mm -hmm. on a camera and a computer. And I was like, if I'm spending this much money, I'm going to, like make force myself to make one video a week for a whole year and that's how it started yeah so after year one i had 1500 subscribers or something like that um but i felt accomplished because i i told myself to do something and i did it and then when it came to quitting my job and doing it full time um i kind of went at it with the same mentality i was like i just have to do this like if I don't do this, I know I'm going to regret it. I feel like I have the opportunity to work for myself. So if I quit my job, I'm just going to have to give it my all for the next year. Whether I, for some reason, 
I break my leg and can't make videos and then I have no money. Like I have to give it my all for a full year before I can make a decision. Okay. I'm going to go back to my job. Mm-hmm. So it, it sounds super cliche, but yeah, you just have to legit do it. Um, I would say find, find a mentor in the space. Like if you want to create videos, like maybe become friends with people who also create videos, like surround yourself with people who are doing better than you mm-hmm. is always good advice. So um, we're going to put your number across the bottom. Of the <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting to give you a holler. Let's not do that. I won't answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for real, it's uh, it, no matter what kind of like industry you're trying to get into. I mean, I feel like with the internet nowadays, you can probably turn almost any hobby into something that makes you money in some way, shape or form, whether it's like a product or just creating content, which it's not for everyone. I mean, I'm not going to recommend like anyone go out there and just try to start a YouTube channel. Um, you have to have the passion to do it. Uh, you can't start creating content thinking you're going to make money because most people don't. Um, it's, yeah, that a lot of people will fail very early on because of that mentality. Yeah. And yeah, it's a shame, but, uh, I know that was a big circle answer, but I think that covered most of it. I mean, I think essentially what you're saying is, is that, you know, there comes a point where you just have to make a decision to, to take a risk. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. Like you have to be in tune with yourself. You have to be able to control your emotions, your feelings. Um, yeah, you have to do it for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. hundred percent. That's good, man. Are you working on any products or anything that you're excited about or, or any projects coming up or any side hustles you're working on that get you going? Oh man. Uh, I, I had a lot of cool product collaborations and stuff this year. I did release a rooftop tent that I designed with a company out of Colorado. So that went pretty well. We have the Travex black line coming out. Um, so for some of you, it may be out by the time this comes out. It will be. Okay. So we got, uh, just, my take on Trayvax products with actually some changes that I've been wanting to see for a while. So we got different finishes. Um, we got some wallets in my camo, uh, Trek knife, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really into the product side of things. And then other than that, I'm actually excited because my travel schedule is starting to slow down. Mm. So I got uh, probably about a month of, yeah, a little over a month of travel, like nonstop. And then mid October, things are going to slow down. So I'm more excited about that. I know it's nothing to promote myself, but I'm like, I'm going to be hanging out at home and it's going to be awesome. Yes. <laughs> now, I think the thing, that's the thing I love about Trayvax, just to give them a little shout out, right, is mm-hmm. that a lot of companies will say, hey, review my product. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I love about Trayvax is they got to a point in the relationship with you where you got to start developing your own products. Yeah. You got to start putting together, yeah, uh, collaborating in real ways with what you're doing. Yeah, and we kind of talked about it last night, but um, I, I went back through my channel and found the first video that I did talking about Trayvax. It was in 2016, and I had three wallets already, and then I had the new Contour at the time. So uh, in early in that video, I was like, yeah, I found Trayvax in 2013 on Kickstarter, and then I went through the old internet and found that too. So I was like, yeah, that that checks out. So been using the products for a long time and it got to a point where I mean no Trayvax was small and my channel was small mm-hmm. and we grew together 
Um, as Trayvax got more customers, I was making more videos on new products and we kind of just went up together. And that is um, kind of why I stick around. I mean, I, I it's not like I, I, that sounds like I'm trying to leave you <laughs> from using Trayvax yeah, products. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, friends with the founder, like he, he's a super good dude and uh, the products are just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Trayvax doesn't pay me to say this stuff. It's just like, it's, you can check almost 10 years ago when I first got a wallet from Trayvax and then I've been talking good things ever since. Um, yeah. Now Trayvax is under new ownership. You got to hang out with some of the new team this week. Yeah. How'd you feel about all that? Uh, it feels, feels good. I was kind of worried when I heard that Mark was, uh, not moving on entirely, but he was ready to give up some leadership roles. So, um, come like meeting you guys over the past, uh, couple, couple weeks or whatever it's been now, a couple months, uh, it's been great. So to come out here, hang in person, drive race cars and jump the truck and just hang out. I mean, it's been a blast. So yeah. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Talent. Thanks for coming out, man. The darling of Overland Adventures, <laughs> Talon Sai. Thanks for giving us your time, man. Yeah, man.